Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 3. And um, actually, I was up here well early this morning, but then I was up here last night as well um, studying, and um, Pastor Carla was going to minister, um, but she's, she may be ministering next Wednesday instead. She she's, uh, was in Africa for 30 years, has been with us since COVID, and, and, um, and she pastors the, the church that we're connected to in Kenya, in, in, uh, in Nairobi. Uh, but she's been with us um, for a couple of years since COVID started, and and so I'm looking forward to her to be able to share with you and on Wednesday night. So, uh, so when she said, you know what, hey, let me, I need, I need to hold off, and I was like, I said, no problem. I said, I said, we'll we'll pray about what direction we need to take. And so I was up here late last night, and um, and I thought I was going to be preaching, and but I, it'll be for another time. I thought I was going to talk about encountering grace, um, but I don't believe that's the actually the direction, even though we flow that way. With worship and and just that came out and we'll get into that at, a, at another time. And uh, but I, I want to deal with the the aspect of encounter. You know that's what our theme is for all of all of uh, 2022 on Wednesday nights is encounter. And um, and uh, and how many of you can be honest and say you know what I I've, I encountered God, I encountered Jesus. Just lift your hands up. You know, I mean, I encountered, I, I, I encountered the presence of the Lord as, as a young child. I, I, I encountered um, as a teenager, and some of you have heard me tell the stories on when I had someone prophesy over me when I was 12 years old and had, didn't, had no desire to serve God, and they told me these two people were praying over me and, and praying in tongues, which I thought was crazy, and, uh, and they prophesied and said, he's going he's gonna to be a preacher. And I'm saying, no, he's not. <laughs> You know, and, and said, but even I knew it was something real. Um, and, but yeah, I felt the presence of the Lord. But yet in me, I was like, I, I don't want to do that. That's not what I'm going to what I'm going to do. And and so for so I, I can look at my life of where I've had encounters. But but just because we have an encounter doesn't mean that's where our journey ends. See, the encounter is where it, it may begin. But our life needs to be built on continued encounters. In Philippians chapter 3, let me get there first. Now, Dr. Saul ministered on Sunday morning, and he talked about an attitude change. And, um, I mean, we, we, all need, we all need attitude changes at a time. You know, sometimes there's, there's things that are happening, and I may respond a certain way, and my wife might say something, and she didn't say you need an attitude change, but how she said it was, I need an attitude change. <laughs> but, but, I, but I think we're, we're all there. We need an attitude change. And, um, and, and so there's an attitude that I believe that we need to fix in our hearts and to make sure our hearts are always pliable. You know, uh, I've, I've been, going to quote, unquote, serving God, so to speak, since 1993. Um, was in a great church in Maryland, was, uh, went to Bible school and, and, and I, I can say, you know, I can say I, I'm, I'm, I'm seasoned. I've, um, you know, I've, I've been around, I've been around a while. I've seen, I've seen different moves of God. I've seen certain things. And, and if you're not careful, that attitude is not right. And, and we can be careful. It's like, oh, I've, you know, and another, another thing is, of, oh, I've heard this message before. Or, Oh, um, oh, I, I don't like 
that worship song on a Sunday morning. I prefer a different worship song on a Sunday morning. Um, you know, we can worship worship and, and totally leave God out of the, out of the box. I mean, totally like, where's God in it? Well, as long as they played that song I like that makes me feel good, then I was in the presence of the Lord. Maybe you weren't. Maybe you were in your flesh and your flesh felt good. <laughs> but see, we can, we can get, we can get Christianized. And that's where we have to always look at it. And, and there's attitudes that can permeate our Christian life subtly and not even realize it. But there's this attitude that I already know it. I've already been there. And I can even tell my pastor what needs to happen. And I'm not saying these things because someone that's happened. I'm not saying I'm just, <laughs> just so you know, I don't, I don't preach angry. I don't preach letters. I get, I don't, that's not, that's not me. You know, I, TD Jake said this, you know, when people leave your church, have the gift of goodbye. You know, it's uh, <laughs> people that leave your church may not be tied to the destiny of your church. So there's, there's some things I pray about when people leave and ask, okay, what's my part and how am I supposed to respond and, and humble myself as a pastor saying, what could I do different. Do I need to respond in a certain way? There's, there's a, there's a, just a, I want to make sure I'm operating in humility in whatever I'm doing. And it's just so, so our walk with God has to be this, this constantly walking with this humility because there's, like I said, there's this attitude that can permeate the Christian's life that said, I've already attained and give me something new. Give me a new revelation. I need a new revelation. Well, you haven't done the last one. Give give me something that's going to move me. Yeah, tickle my ears. I better get into that. It's already 741, so I see. Lord, help me only do what to say what I need to say, but you want me to say, Father. I got a new Bible, so it's like I, I'm still, I mean, I know where it is, but it's usually, okay, it's on this side of the page, it's on that side of the page, and so I got a new Bible, so I'm like, okay, where is that scripture at? Um, I know where it is. Well, Paul says here in, uh, in 310, uh, 3 verse 10, it says, my determined purpose is that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. Down in verse 12, he says, not that I've already attained. Wait a minute, you're talking about the Apostle Paul. He wrote two-thirds in the New Testament, but yet his attitude was, it's not that I already attained. But yet somehow, sometimes we think we have. And so it's like, there's this, when, when did, let me just pose it this way. When did you get satisfied with your relationship with God? Are you satisfied with your relationship with God? And if you say, yeah, I'm satisfied with my relationship with God, then that lets me know that you have the attitude of I've already attained. 
Now, I'm not saying that, that we can be content with where we are. We, can, we, we're do, we know we're doing what God's called to do. But I, I'm, I'm here tonight to, to kind of provoke you in a way where you say, you know what? There's something more than where I'm at right now. There's something more than what I experienced this past Sunday. And there'll be something more when I come to this Sunday. There'll be something more when I wake up tomorrow morning to spend time with the Lord. Because maybe tomorrow morning, as I continue to press into him, that I'm going to receive some wisdom that I've been praying for for the last 10 years. But sometimes we get satisfied. Well, okay, I'm okay where I'm in right here. But yet, but yet there's a press that needs to take place in order for us to pull in and to receive all that he wants for us. But, but we kind of like limit him with our satisfaction. But Paul said, not that I've already attained. Or am I already perfect, perfected? But I press on that I may lay hold Of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Now, now get this right. It's not not laying hold of money. It's not even laying hold necessarily of healing. It's not even laying hold of wisdom. But yet it deals with all those things. But what is he saying? I want to lay hold of the very thing that laid hold of me. Paul's saying, it's not that I've already attained and it's not that I'm already perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of the one that laid hold of me. Meaning the one that I encountered on the road to Damascus, the one that knocked me off my donkey, the one that that I saw in bright light light, and the one that that told me to go to this place. And when I went to that place, the man Ananias that he told me was going to be there was there. He laid hands on my eyes, the scales fell off and he spoke to me and he told me to go preach to the Gentiles. That one, that, the one that, that, that caused me to have an encounter, he, he said, he says, I want to continue to lay hold of him. Now, like I said, it, it's not that it doesn't involve money or healing or any of those things, because when we lay hold of Christ, we are laying hold of those things. My, I, I, I don't, I, 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 too often as believers, we can get in the, in the, in the rut of pursuing an outcome. And so focused on the outcome. And when the outcome doesn't happen, we get frustrated and we walk away from God. I've seen it time and time again at church that, that my, my prayer wasn't answered in the time frame that I thought it should happen. Or, or why did this happen, God? And why did you let this happen? And why did this happen? And we walk away from God because our, our hope and expectation was in an outcome, not the one that brings the outcome. So the apostle Paul is saying, I'm going to lay hold of the one laid hold of me, meaning my pursuit is the one that pursued me. The one that showed up on that road, that's the one I'm pursuing. I press on that I may lay hold of that to what Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. He says it again. I'm not saying that I've already apprehended. Thank you, Father. But one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind. And I reach forward to those things which are ahead. See, that's that's either that's either negative or positive. You know, there's some good things that you you may have to leave behind because good things can cause you to settle in your present. 
Oh yeah, back in, back in 1963, we had a move of God. And you keep going back to 1963 and saying, oh, we need a move of God like 1963. No, we need a move of God like 2022. Now we can, now we can, we, we can refer to that and we can say, yeah, I, 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 I want something greater and that should propel us to something greater. But we look back, but yet, but yet even we go back there, are you doing what caused the move of God in 1963? So these, these he's not, he, I hear that the heart of the apostle Paul and he's not satisfied. He, he's not satisfied with what he's, what he's experienced up to that time. He's saying, I'm pressing, I'm pressing. And if I, if I'm going to obtain more then I've got to forget things that are behind, that's the negative and that's the positive. Why? Because God's always doing something now. He's doing something now. Yes, I want to I I have great memorials of great breakthroughs. I want to have great testimonies of, of, of things that God has done so I, can, so I can worship God, so I can praise God, so I can rehearse and, and those types of things. But, but at the same time, I'm rehearsing those things because I know there's something more. Not just saying, hey, yeah, I, I, man, God did great things for me. And if he, I, I'm good, I'm good. I'm not. Lord, I, why? Because if I get settled with where I am, then I also limit my ability to impact the next generation. If I get settled with where I am, how is... How is the fire in someone else's heart going to burn? If I'm not on fire, why would anyone else be? If your pastor isn't on fire, you probably never will be. So as a pastor, I can't, I can't just settle. Hey, it's, you know, we, we're, we're, we're doing good as a church. We have great attend, We have great offerings. We have great things. God's doing great things. And, and if I get settled with, with where we are and I never, and I'm not pressing into God, then you won't. I, I love what I learned from Jack Hayford and had what an amazing opportunity. I had a week to, to go in Jack Hayford's home and that and I, and, and spent a week with him. And, and, um, it was just about, it was about, uh, five other pastors, um, and there was, some, there was like a couple of businessmen and it was just so personal and intimate. And for the whole week, it was like eight hours a day for the whole week that he talked about the heart. The whole thing was called the heart of a pastor. Oh goodness. It was something that just totally just changed my idea. And, and one of the things that had stuck with me and it, I don't know if we were in his home at that time when we had dinner at his house and I can't remember if that was the time or not when he said this, he goes, but he talked about, he goes, no pastors hear my heart. He said, he goes, your people will never lift their hands higher than you. If you don't, if you don't go, if you don't go, if you don't go to into a promised land, they won't either. If you're stuck, they'll be stuck. Now that's not saying that it all depends on, Everything depends on me. It's just what I want you to hear is a mentality. I can't stay where I am and be satisfied. If I do, then can God really use me to my full ability? So you have to ask yourself the same question. Am I satisfied with where I am? Have I feel like I attained or is there something much, much more? 
So he says, I press, I press on the mark. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now let's go down to verse 17. And this is something I don't necessarily think I've dealt with before. And I've taught out this, but in, in, a different, in a different way. Because this is, all, this is all part of Paul talking to the church of Philippi. But in verse 17, he says, Brethren, join in following my example. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. He's saying that I'm your pattern. I'm your pattern. You know, going back to the fact that I'm, as a pastor, I need to, I need to, Dr. Savelle is, is a pattern. I'm, I'm a pattern. And so he's encouraging them for, he goes, he's telling them, so walk as you have us for a pattern. So then it, he takes a break here and he says, for many walk. For many walk of whom I've told you often and how tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is their destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame. Who set their mind on earthly things for our, for our citizenship is in heaven. What is he saying? He goes, follow us as a pattern. But he's saying, but you have to be careful because there's other people walking. There's people that are the enemy at the cross. There's people that, that, that they're only following what benefits them. They're only following on, on how it, how it, um, the, it just satisfies their belly. It's, it's, it's only for, um, they're trying to think of the right words, father. The, the bottom line is here, who are you pursuing? What are you pursuing? So he's telling them what, that he hasn't apprehended. And he tells us that he's pressing on towards the mark. And he tells, then he tells them, hey, follow the pattern. Follow us as a pattern and don't follow the enemy. Don't follow the ones that are following their flesh. Because then he says this, for our citizenship is in heaven. Where's your citizenship? Are you? You know, they, John the Baptist, they asked a question and they said, Jesus, where are you from? She said, I'm from above. <laughs> I'm from above. So Jesus' response was. Now, that can kind of sound kind of weird to a person that has no, no clue about Christianity. And you go up to them and they're, you're, like, you're, you're like, hey, hey, Joseph, where are you from? You're like, well, I'm from above, brother. And they're like, <laughs> now, I'm not talking about being flaky and stupid. All right. <laughs> but the point is, is we have to understand that where our citizenship is. So, so Paul is telling them. Pattern, walk after the same pattern. Don't walk after them because their citizenship is of the earth. But follow and walk after us because we know that our citizenship is of heaven. And then he says this. Where am I? Thank you, Lord, for a new Bible. Hallelujah. For our citizenship is in heaven now listen to this, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior. 
Now think about that. So he's talking about walk at walk in the same way that I do, but don't walk after like, like the enemies to the cross are, but walk after us. Our citizenship is of heaven. And then he tells us what he says, for which we also eagerly wait for the savior, eagerly wait for the savior. Are you eagerly waiting for the savior? You hear this in Paul's tone. I haven't already apprehended. He's saying, follow the same pattern. Follow me because I'm a citizen of heaven. And what is he doing? So, so if, if Paul was saying, I'm eagerly waiting for the savior, then he's telling them if they're to walk the same way, that means you and I need to be eagerly waiting, expecting, looking for, walking with, being connected to, waiting on, waiting on is trusting in, waiting on is spending time with, waiting on is reflecting on, waiting on is meditating on, waiting on. Where are you getting your strength from? It's from me eagerly waiting on the Lord. That's what Paul is saying here. So I eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. Who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Now look at verse four, chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, so this, it's, it's not a, even though it's a new chapter, it's still the same thought, Okay. He says, therefore, so because you're following this pattern, because you're a citizen of heaven, citizen of heaven, and you're eagerly waiting for the savior, what does he say here? Therefore, my beloved and long for brethren, my joy and my crown, what does he say? So stand fast in the Lord. So this was the encouragement. This was how, how they were to walk. This was how they're to live. He's saying, I'm, I haven't apprehended. I'm pressing on towards the mark. Walk like I walk. You're a citizen of heaven. So, so, what, so what do we do? How do we walk? We stand fast. We stand fast in the Lord. Now, we think of stand fast. We think of being unmovable. But what I want you to see this stand fast is more than just being immovable. The stand fast and stand firm has to do with being fixed in fellowship. Standing fast in the Lord is, is not just saying, enemy, you can't move me, but why can't he move you? He can't move you because of who you've had an encounter with. And who you're fellowshipping with. You see, this is what the Apostle Paul was trying to establish in them. Meaning, it doesn't matter anything else that's going on. It doesn't matter where you might be. The thing is, as you're pressing on. And the thing that we have to do is stand fast. Stand firm in the Lord. Stand firm in fellowship. Stand firm. This means, this means the encounter doesn't stop. See, if you just, fellowship is not a one-time event. Fellowship is something that's continual. Stand fast in the Lord. Thank you, Father. You know, God's desire is 
is always relationship. His desire is always to encounter a people of faith. The Bible says he, he goes throughout the whole earth looking for someone's heart that is perfect towards him. Now think about that. He, he's looking for people that will pursue him, not for what they can get, but just to be with him. When the last, you know, we have to make sure that our prayer life doesn't consist of that we're praying for things. Make sure our prayer life, it doesn't consist of what we can get. Yeah, there's times that we declare. There's times that we confess. There's times that there's times for that. But the thing is, is when was the last time that you said, I just want to be in your presence? Is his presence enough? His desire, you know, Psalms chapter eight, verse four says, says that it's a, the angels are talking and, and they says, what is man that you're mindful of him? I think it's, or the son of man that you would even visit him. Now think about that. This, the angels are having a question, I believe, in, uh, talking to God in heaven. And they're asking this question. What is this thing, man, that you've made that you like so much? That you'd want to visit him. You are Elohim. Why would you want to visit this thing that you've made called man? Because he loves man. He desires to visit. And, and the thing is with, with God is he just doesn't visit to visit. He's always out He's always out for change. So your time fellowshipping with him is, is not just to say, what, wasn't that a great time in his presence today? No, it was that there, there would be something that he would have added to you. I, I wrote a couple of examples down in, in, um, in actually the word visit in itself and the word visitation in itself means this. It means to come near and rest upon. But it's not just come near and rest upon, but it's come near and rest upon with a goal or a purpose. So when God comes near to something, it's not just to show up, but he comes near with a goal or a purpose. You can make note of this. Zephaniah 2 verse 7 says, God shall visit them for their relief and restore them from their captivity. Luke chapter 1, uh, 68 says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Verse 78 says, The day spring on high has visited us. But it's not just a visit. It goes on to say this, To guide, to give light to them that sit in darkness, and to guide our feet into a way of peace. So the day spring on high visiting was with a purpose. The day spring on high visiting was for the fact to give light to them that sit in darkness and to guide our feet into a way of peace. So we're to stand fast in the Lord. Meaning, meaning the, the pri- most priority is, is, is him. And it's out of that relationship that everything flows and everything functions. Thank you, Father. Go to John... Man, should I get into this, Lord? 
Go to John chapter 12. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Just seeing how much time I have. John chapter 12, I think it's verse 19, start in verse 19, it says, the Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you, you, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Now think about that statement for a moment. The Pharisees are talking to themselves, and, and I love this statement because, because the, ter- the Pharisees are really ticked off. <laughs> they're really not liking this guy, Jesus. And, and so be, the whole thing is they're kind of mad because they sent them to do an assignment to stop what he was doing, and, and they're, like, they're going, they said, they said among themselves, you see that you're accomplishing nothing, meaning we want to tell you to do something, but you're, you're not doing nothing. <laughs> and he goes, look, the world has gone after him. Uh, see, that's what uh, that's the place that we need to get in the last days where the world is going after Jesus. The world is going after Jesus. Verse 20 says, now, therefore, were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethesda of Galilee and asked him, saying, sir, we wish to see Jesus. You see, at this time, it's like people are just saying, hey, the world's going after him. And now we're seeing these Greeks coming in. They're like, we want to see Jesus. But yet I know a lot of believers that will care less if they see Jesus. See, this, this goes back to what, where's your heart? This goes back to your attitude. Attitude. See, if you, if you feel like you've already apprehended, then seeing Jesus will be, not be a big deal to you. But, you know, I, I'll let you know, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus in me. I want to see Jesus in you. I want to see Jesus in the church. I want to see Jesus in the streets. I want to see Jesus everywhere I go and he's only going to be able to see that through you and me, but we have to fix our attitude to not be, I'm satisfied because Jesus said this, he goes, he goes, he goes, I must be about my father's business. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is still day. He said, I finished down to the last detail. John 17, I finished down to the last detail, everything you had me do. Why? Because he wasn't satisfied with just what he'd experienced up to that time. You know, he could have got baptized by the Holy Spirit, came up out of the water, went into the, went into the wilderness, had three temptations, came out and said, I've had enough. I'm satisfied. I, you know, hey, man, we, I, it was like a dove, got the Holy Spirit on me. Whew, hey, I got this made. I, I'll just stop here. And sometimes that's where the church stops. And they're satisfied with, you know, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, and oh, I've got the Holy Spirit. But yet we stop there. 
I'm so grateful Jesus just didn't stop at being filled with the Holy Spirit. They sought to see Jesus. They came to see Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me try to wrap this up. Man, I've got like... (laughs) Thank you, Father. Just make note of Isaiah chapter 11, verse 10 and 11. It talks about the Gentiles will seek him and says, and the rest will be glorious. See, when you seek him, when you're connected to him, there's a rest that comes upon your life. God's not just out for appointments. He wants habitations. He's, he, he, he's not totally into just moments. He, he likes the idea of dwell. God's not just into passing through. He prefers abide. Thank you, Father. But yet even people that walk with Jesus got sidetracked from what they once were captivated by. Let me say that again. Even people that walked with Jesus got sidetracked from what they once were captivated by. For example, John six sixty six. it says, From that time, many of the disciples went back and walked with him no more. Wow, it's one of the saddest statements in the Bible to me. They walked with him no more, but yet they were captivated by him. Luke chapter 9, you can just mark these, 57 through 62, is when Jesus encounters. And there's a guy, a guy that actually comes to Jesus first and saying, hey, can I, can I follow you? And Jesus responds, he says, uh, foxes have holes, birds in the air have a nest, but the son of man has no way to lay, lay his head. And see, some people would bring that out and say, oh, it's because Jesus was poor. No, he just wasn't in his hometown anymore. So what is he saying? He's saying, following me is inconvenient. Following me is inconvenient. It may, may not be the way you think it's going to look. Following in, it is about being, con- following Jesus is about continuing to be captivated by Jesus. Also, in that same chapter, there's, then right after that, Jesus asked a, a man, said, can you, you know, follow me? And he goes, well, let me first go bury my father. And Jesus knew what that meant because in that time, you would mourn for like a year. And so he's like, oh, just, just, hold, just hold on. And see, sometimes it's like you're captivated and you want to follow, but there's other things more important. And the third thing in that same chapter in Luke 9 was there's one, one guy was like, well, I'll follow you. He goes, but I, I first have to go back here. And then Jesus says, well, a man that looks back is not, uh, is not fit back. It's not, it's not fit for the kingdom of God. What is he saying? Following me is not convenient. Let me, just some of these thoughts. Human nature gets bored with the extraordinary. And we want the next new thing. We can be offended at what we don't understand. And we may not truly understand the importance of the calling to follow. These are just things on why, why, do, why do, if we've been captivated, why don't we continue being captivated? It's because of some of these things. I'm kind of going fast. I'm not, I'm, I wish I had time to, to unpack some, some of these things a little more. Uh, thank you, Father. But I'll close with this. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Are you getting something out of this tonight? Are you captivated by him? You can answer. 
Are you captivated by him? Stand firm, stand fast in the Lord. Thank you, Father. This is the Apostle Paul encouraging the church of Ephesus. He's about to leave and they're not going to see him anymore. Let me, let's look at verse 29. He goes, for I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves, and it's not talking about animals, it's talking about people. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to what? Draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, I commend you to God, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. Now, just hold your place there. And if you go back earlier and check, because he said for three years, I was with you. Night and day, I was with you and I was preaching to you for three years every day in the temple. What was what was some of the things he was he was preaching? Look at verse 19. Actually, verse 18. And when they had come to him, he said to them, you know, from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to the Jews and also the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Those were the things that he was preaching for three years. He was preaching what? Repentance towards God, meaning, meaning God's a priority in my life. I, I submit my life to God. He, what was he preaching to them? Faith towards Jesus Christ, that Jesus is a priority, that my faith, my relationship, everything is about this relationship with Jesus. So when he goes down and he says, for three years, I was preaching to you. They knew what he was talking about. He was talking about this repentance. He was talking about this faith towards Jesus Christ, meaning this relationship with God is the most important thing. Now, let me go back and let me close with this thought. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Now he's saying it's faith for G, all the things I share with you, but it's also having an encounter with the word. Don't belittle the word of God. Sometimes we can, we can take the word of word of God for granted, but when you encounter the word, you are encountering him. When you encounter the word, you're encountering Jesus. When you encounter the word, you're encountering God's nature, God's character, everything that he is. So that's his encouragement to them. When he leaves, he says, I commend you to God, meaning I'm giving you to God. And to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you inheritance. So let's not count that we've apprehended. Let's not be satisfied. But let's pursue him, pursue his word, and let's make him, his word, his house, his presence a priority as we continue to cultivate ongoing encounters.
Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word tonight, and I thank you for the challenge that it brings. But I thank you as the word brings a challenge. The challenge is to take us from glory to glory. I'm not out just for revival, Father. I'm out for glory to glory. I'm out for going from glory to glory. And I'm out for every single one of us to go from glory to glory. From glory to glory. From faith to faith. From strength to strength. Lord, I declare that we're coming up higher. And I declare, Father, in each one of us tonight, I pray that there would be a, there would be a hunger birth on the inside of our hearts to not be satisfied with your word, not be satisfied with your presence, and not, not be satisfied by your house. But we press in. We press into all that you have for us in 2022. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a shout of praise if you receive that tonight. Drew, come on up.